everyone, Logan Chin here, and you're listening to Senior Soliloquies. Today's guest is Aiden Beckett. Aiden is a mechanical engineer, talented jazz pianist, hockey player, and an all-around wonderful guy. In this episode, Aiden and I discuss a range of topics, including his experience during the pandemic, what music means to him and what sports means to him, how he's grown from a social and personal perspective these past four years, and about his ambitions and goals for the future. Yeah, Aiden and I had a really deep and introspective conversation, and I really appreciated it, and I hope you will too. So without further ado, I bring to you Aiden Beckett. Okay, Aiden, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Of course, thanks for having me. I was excited to when I got the text asking me to be on it. So... As with any guest, maybe just give me a quick 30-second elevator pitch of who you are. So where you're from, major interests, etc. Cool. Um, so I'm Aiden, as Logan just introduced me as. I was born and raised in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I'm studying majoring in mechanical engineering and minoring in human factors engineering here at Tufts. Um, graduating in way too soon like what is it like three weeks from now yeah, if, yeah something, something like something, something scary blowing. like that yeah um uh my interests in, i love music i love listening to music i love making music i've played piano pretty much my whole life i think i started in like kindergarten i started with classical um for a long time and then i moved on to jazz and that's what i'm still playing today and it's never something that i really thought about pursuing as like a either a profession or a field of study um but it's always been very important in my life um i love the outdoors i love hiking um and i love sports i love watching sports i love playing sports i know it's a it's kind of a classic like straight guy (laughs) (laughs) interest but it's it's a lot of fun yeah we'll get on to all these uh, themes uh, later on in the podcast episode. I want to start off with your time at Tufts, mm-hmm. specifically freshman year. Yeah. So you came from Providence yeah. to Medford, which is not that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it was cut short because of COVID. Yeah. I guess overall, how do you characterize that first year at school? I think it's it's kind of been hard for me to like concisely define my freshman year experience. I think it was, in a lot of ways, it was overwhelming um, and a huge adjustment. And a lot of ways, it was, some ways, it was it was an easy transition. Um, I felt like academically, it, it wasn't a crazy transition. I felt like my high school was pretty challenging. Um, and I felt like their freshman year, my classes weren't terrible. Um, and I was able to transition pretty easily. Socially, it was it was very different. My high school was 100 people per class. I had a pretty small friend group. Like I would kind of hang out with the same like eight-ish people most of the time. Um, and then coming to a coming to a situation where you're just constantly surrounded by and meeting new people was not something I was I don't know super well socialized for and was kind of very anxiety-inducing at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I, 
it was it was unfortunate because I felt like as as soon as I was really feeling socially comfortable, and I felt like I was getting a solid friend group and like kind of building a community around me, which I'd really been longing for that whole first semester, um, was when we got sent home, which was frustrating. Um, but I do think I, I I'm still really close with a lot of the friends I met freshman year. Um, I met Nick pre orientation, wow. not even orientation. For context, um, Nick Nick is our housemate. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot this isn't just, <laughs> this isn't just us. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, as I said, it's kind of hard for me to concisely define it, but I was kind of just thrown into the deep end. And in some yeah. aspects, I was flailing a little bit. In some aspects, I was treading water easily. So, mm-hmm. I think everyone, yeah, sort of had some semblance of that yeah. experience, especially when it comes to like the part where you have to like socially acclimate to a completely new setting and meet completely new people yeah um what was it like to go home for covid especially given that you finally felt like you found your stride around that time yeah it was it felt like kind of it it felt like my social life was was stalling as soon as it was taking off Mm -hmm. i felt like i had finally built this solid friend group, which first semester freshman year is very difficult to have. Everything's constantly changing. And um, I was finally kind of getting involved in new things. I I was in the jazz ensemble. I was playing Frisbee, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I was just kind of, I was really putting myself out there more. Um, and then all of a sudden it just, we got that email. It mm-hmm. says your spring break will be forever. Um, yeah. And I do the, the I do remember that after getting that email kind of being more appreciative of the connections I had formed like there was that one night where everyone just kind of partied as hard as they could right before really? right as the email came out <laughs> we all so went out funny. to Pres lawn um <laughs> the uh the big lawn outside of Tony Monaco's house and we partied yeah <laughs> not gonna get into specifics but we had a lot of fun um and I felt like I was, I kind of was able to, even though I'd only been there for five months, I was able to like look back and be like, wow, I've already met people that I really like and I really appreciate. Um, and then I came home and it just abruptly stopped. Um, and I don't know, it was kind of a, it was a slow burn kind of realizing how lonely that was. At first it was like, Okay, this is fine. I'm home. I don't. I like being home. Yeah. There's nothing. I can still call my friends. I can still play Xbox. I can still, like, to walk my dog. And then after a month of that, then it was was when it really kind of sunk in that I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. But you decided to not take a gap year the following sophomore year, and yeah, come to school in you know obviously pretty difficult circumstances. Yeah. I just, I think I just missed people, to be honest. I missed my friends. I felt like I was, it's hard because you meet these people for five months and then you're apart for, what, six months? Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had ma- made all these connections and they had slowly been dissipating already. Um, and I was just really yearning to rebuild those. Um, and that was one of the part of the reasons that fall semester was so frustrating is because I felt like I wasn't able to rebuild those connections because yeah. you weren't really able to see anyone who wasn't in your immediate cohort. Um, but that's the reason I went back. That's the reason I didn't take a gap semester is because I just, I wanted that 
kind of social structure. I wanted to be in proximity to all these people that I know and like liked. Was there, did you find any solace in sophomore year by the fact that you could maybe like play music or? That's a great question. Yeah, I actually spent a lot of time in the practice rooms. Yeah. Um, I, I was able to do jazz ensemble sophomore year, which I was super grateful for. Um, I, I actually remember that's a, that's a good question. I, when I made the decision to take the spring semester off, I was like, it was a very emotional decision because I had just started dating Nina. Mm -hmm. I knew that would not be good for our relationship. I knew that I would be separated from my friends. I knew that it would probably set me back academically. Um, and I was I was feeling a lot of things and I just went to the practice room and I just played for like two hours and called my parents. And yeah. then I was like, that, after that, I, I knew that it was the right decision. You mentioned this, you took second semester, sophomore year off. Mm -hmm. Would you say, well, I guess, first of all, what did you do? And uh, do you regret making that decision? Um, so basically what I did was I knew that uh, my good friend Alden, who was on the podcast two, three weeks ago, yep. um, and our friend from high school, also named Aiden, um, we were all wanted to take the semester off um, or at least do classes remotely in Aiden's case. Um, and we all had very different ideas what we wanted that to look like. Alden wanted to be very adventurous. He wanted to go out out west uh, in the Rockies and be work at a ski mountain and fly fish the whole time. Aiden Wu was like, uh, he wanted to be somewhere in a city. He wanted to have some establishment nearby. He wanted good food. He didn't really want to take very many risks. I was kind of somewhere in between where I wanted to, I was, my thought process was I'm trying to separate myself from Tufts University. <laughs> I want to yeah. physically and emotionally. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I just started dating someone and I want to be able to see them like somewhat consistently. Mm -hmm. um, and so we all kind of sacrificed some of our vision um, and ended up in, uh, what's the town called? Tilton, New Hampshire. And it was this Airbnb that we rented on this tiny little lake. Um, and it was cold. <laughs> and <laughs> We worked, Alden and I worked at a ski mountain. We were lifties, um, terrible job. Do not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> really the least stimulating job you could ever do. Um, Aiden Wu took part-time classes and, or no, he took full-time classes. That's all he was doing. And then I also took part-time classes at RPI yeah. online. Um, and yeah, that's what we did. We just didn't do much all day. Alden would leave at six in the morning to go do his day shift. I would do my two classes during the day. No one turned their cameras on. I never saw a s single one of my classmates' faces. That's crazy. The whole semester for either class. And one of them, I didn't even see my teacher's face. <laughs> and this was, a, this, and this was, and you were taking classes at a school you didn't even go to. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit of a fever dream. Um, but I would take my classes during the day. Aiden, we would take his classes. And then we would just kind of have nothing to do. Yeah. Like there was not much of a town. There wasn't really like people we met. I met a few people playing pickup hockey, but I didn't really 
I didn't really enjoy their company. <laughs> they kind of just <laughs> they kind of just drank beer all day every day. Fair. Um, and complained about living in New Hampshire. Fair. <laughs> just like also I don't. Um, so I I didn't love that. Um, the bright spots were when people came to visit. Yeah. I think when Nina came almost every weekend, or I would go down to Tufts. I think we actually saw each other every weekend, which wow. was I was really happy about. Yeah. I'm glad we did that. Um, and then most weekends people would come up to visit, and it was a lot of fun because. Like you guys, Logan came up a couple times. You guys wanted a, an escape from Tufts. Yeah. You guys wanted to separate yourselves from that, and it was just a great space to hang out with people. It wasn't a huge house, but there was couches to sleep on. It was pretty. It was a, a pretty scenic spot. Yeah. Um. And so the weekends were great, but the weeks kind of dragged on, and I felt like felt a little bit like I was wasting my life. Um, yeah, but that's not to say that you regret it, or you do, or or we don't have, have to it's, deal in that binary, it, honestly. Yeah, but. it's it's interesting because I feel like I made the right decision in the moment with the information that I had. Yeah. I think no, I knew exactly what Tufts was like that fall semester, and I knew I didn't want to do that again. I didn't want to pay however much money to do that again. Um, and I think I made the right decision in that moment. Um, I think it, overall it wasn't – I wouldn't say it was a good experience – I don't know if I would have had that much of a better time if I stayed at Tufts. I think I also would have been pretty miserable. I like to think of it as a lose-lose scenario. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, I made the right decision. And I don't know. I learned how to cook. I (laughs) got better at skiing. (laughs) Yeah, those are important (laughs) skills. Completely valid, important skills. So as we get to junior year, you know, everything sort of comes together that year, right? We move into a new house. Mm -hmm. There are basically no more restrictions other than the fact that we have to wear like masks indoors, I think, especially at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, I want to move to your social life junior year and sort of want you to reflect on how, you know, you're talking about in freshman year, you were sort of learning how to socialize within this new context. Yeah. And we sort of reach this moment junior year where the param- where our parameters for socializing are less narrow. How did you experience social life that junior year? And maybe looking back to when you were a freshman, how do you think your, your relationship with your social life has evolved? Hmm. That's a good question. At some point, I, someone's got to ask you these questions. I want to know your answer. <laughs> People <laughs> maybe, been maybe, for, maybe for your last podcast, we can <laughs> we can flip turn the tables and we'll ask you the questions. Dude, but, every single time I'm recording an episode, someone's like, yeah, I want to ask you these questions. <laughs> so hopefully that will happen one day. But Yeah. For your last episode, you should do that. Yeah. Um, but junior year, I think, was kind of a – felt like rebuilding my social life for the second time. Yeah. I felt like fall semester, sophomore year, after going home for COVID freshman year, I went in with the goal of rebuilding my social life. Wasn't really, didn't really happen just because of all the restrictions and there was no extracurriculars and there's no real way to meet people or socialize yeah. naturally. Um, and then I took the semester off and felt pretty isolated for a while. And then junior comes and that was my actual chance to really rebuild my social life. Um, and that's when I kind of committed to putting myself out there. I, I, yeah. I'd realized that it, it took me a semester of freshman year to realize what it actually meant to put yourself out there and put yourself in a situation where you can feel like there's a community around you. Um, and I was, I took a leadership position on club hockey. I, um, reached out to people that I hadn't seen in a couple years, um, and it was it felt unnatural for me at first. I'm sure I felt unnatural for everyone after COVID, kind of just rebuilding those 
that that comfort with yeah. uh, um, reaching out to people. Um, and slowly but surely, I felt like I was more comfortable with the people I was friends with. Obviously, there were times where I was like, I wish I had some plan. I wish I had plans right now. I wish I had friends doing interesting things right now. Um, but I knew that that was coming. And I knew I was doing the right things. Um, and I was honestly just grateful to be in a scenario where I had the opportunity to even do any of those things. So, Any special shout outs you want to give to uh, the people who mean a lot to you on campus? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, special shout out to the house, of course. Yeah. We've been through a lot. Um, yeah, we've really, we've really been a, a tight unit since the start of sophomore year. I feel like we've grown a lot together. We've uh, dealt with a lot of challenges together. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun together. Certainly, huge shout out to Logan, Alden, Nick, David, <laughs> squad. Um, shout out to Nina, two and a half years strong. Yeah, we've we've been through a lot together. That's crazy. We've been, <laughs> we've been two through two and a half years. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of significant life alterations and mm. goals and challenges that we've been through um it's a little crazy to look back on yeah um of course shout out to um i want to give you to a, a huge shout out to i don't know if you've met any of them but a lot of the underclassmen on the club hockey team yeah who uh, i guess i'll talk about this when we get to my senior year but um who really stepped up and wanted to be involved and wanted to improve the team and they're great people yeah. um and I felt like my freshman, this is something I should have mentioned when I was talking about my freshman year is I joined the club hockey team wanting that to be a community, wanting that, wanting to feel like that was a way to make friends. And it, it wasn't, it was like, interesting. it was, no one was really committed. It was maybe five or six people would show up to practice, zero social events. No one made an effort to meet the freshmen. Um, and that was really disappointing for me because that was something I yearned for was especially freshman year. Cause there's not there's not much of a social life if you're not in a club. Mm -hmm. um, you can have dorm parties, but those are pretty lame and not a great way to meet people. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a big complaint about Tufts is freshman year, it's hard to have a social life. And I wanted that to be at least some facet of it. Um, but I'm really appreciative of the people this year um, who stepped up and helped me out and helped turn the team into something that I was really hoping it would be. Well, we can delve into that rabbit hole right yeah. now um, because sports are obviously a big part of your life. Mm -hmm playing and watching but within the context of club hockey in particular it seems that you've really found community from there in what ways have the underclassmen stepped up yeah so it it was kind of a saga with club hockey it all started with um sophomore year i was playing i came back to tufts for a weekend and i was playing pond hockey with some of the guys and one of the seniors on the drive back was me and this other kid were in the car and he's like, Hey, do you guys want to be captains next year? And we're like, uh, <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, in junior year, we were captains of the team. It wasn't really very involved. We had a lot of games get canceled because of COVID. Um, we weren't very organized at all. Um, and this year it was, it was a big part of my life. I was, became like the number one guy. My co-captain never really took on any sort of real responsibility um, so it pretty much all fell on me in terms of just organizing the team, creating a structure, like organizing practice times, organizing games with other teams, having us join a league, which was a whole convoluted process. Um, and it took up a big chunk of my life and my energy and my stress. Um, and it was just a massive relief to see that pay off in the form of people like 
wanting to be involved. And at the end of the season, there were so many people who wanted to help and wow. were like, I will organize rides. I will figure out this practice. I want this team to be keep improving for next year. Um, and it made me feel like the the work was worth it. Yeah. It, it felt like it really paid off, especially when we had kind of a banquet at the end of the year that I didn't organize. Someone else organized at someone else's house. Everyone showed up. Um, it felt like this was something that kind of had taken a life bigger than me. Yeah. Um, and it was something that I really wish I had freshman year. Yeah. I think it goes to show how culture is everything, right? Yeah. As soon as you step into a culture in which it is the norm to have community bonding events and in which it's, and in which it's the norm to foster like some sort of camaraderie, other people take initiative too. Yeah. Um, that must have been a really proud moment, I'm sure. Yeah. That all came from you ultimately, right? Yeah. I mean, I want to, of course, I want to give credit to the other people who stepped up. Um, I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but T- Tom Lyons, he's a sophomore. He took a huge leadership role from the start. Yeah. Um, Max, Matt Gogan, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Paw, everyone who helped me out. Um, they did they did a great job creating that culture too. I couldn't have done it alone, but I think I was I was the starting point for it. Yeah, and that, that's the also the wonderful thing about sports more generally, right? Yeah, it's the way in which it can bring people together. Yeah, not to mention I got to play a sport that I loved. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. On top of all that, on top of the community and on top of the the uh, f- sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Let's move on to music um, because music has been an integral part of your life. Mm-hmm. What does music mean to you? I think for me, music is the most natural and maybe the easiest form of emotional expression. I think I've never been great at um, articulating or even really understanding my emotions in a conscious sense. I feel like music has been a way, either listening to music to process emotions or playing it has always been the most natural for me. Um, And it's been a great outlet for hard times, for good times. Um, I really enjoy the social aspect of music. I, I played, I started my music career, career, (laughs) if you want to call it that, Um, playing classical music by myself, um, in front of it, like I would dread recitals. I would dread going yeah. up in front of the audience by myself and just playing by myself. And um, I think once I transitioned to jazz and there was more of a collaborative aspect to it and you could play off of other people and you were, mm-hmm. co- you were actively listening to what they were playing and you could respond to that and you could have, I don't know, pe- jazz musicians use this all the time and I think it's a little corny, but have a, a musical conversation yeah. of, of sorts. Um, I think that was something that really opened my eyes to a new aspect of music, and that's something that I really want to hold on to, um, and hopefully find a way to do that after college. Mm-hmm. I I really want to play music with other people after college. I don't know how that's going to happen, but um, yeah, I think it's just the two big things for me are are emotional expression and the social aspect. I think those are the two categories in which music I appreciate music and the reasons I do it so much. Yeah, and the beauty of music is that you can play it for the rest of your life and yeah. reap the rewards of music for the yeah. rest of your life, which is like a wonderful thing. Um, let's move on to senior year slash, I guess, the future um, and sort of reflection on the past four years, which is we've done a lot of reflecting anyway. Yeah. Um, 
you touched on this from like a social perspective a little bit, but I want to ask from a more holistic perspective. Looking back, how do you think uh, you've grown in the past four years? I think I've become generally more comfortable with my way of thinking about things and my way of doing things. Um, I think I had a lot of anxiety before college about making wrong choices or making bad social impressions or just all kinds of things, getting bad grades on tests. And I think kind of being exposed to a lot of successes and failures in different forms in college has made me, has kind of forced me to realize that this is my way of doing things. Of course, you can, you can always be improving yourself, but fundamentally I'm not going to change and this is who I am. And the only, the way to maximize my happiness is be comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, and be confident about it. And I, I feel like I've, my life has improved because of that. In what ways does that confidence manifest on a day-to-day basis? Like, let's just say, like, right now or in senior year. Um, I think it manifests in a lot of situations. I think it manifests in talking to people I've never met before at a party or Mm -hmm. making a decision to take a risk on a project. Um, Like, for example, in my robotics class, we had to make a robotic dog. Um, and everyone got to choose their role in the, like, in the process of creating the dog. And one of the roles was teaching, getting it to walk and programming the path and the angles that all the motors had to follow. And that was kind of generally understood as probably the hardest task. The teacher even said it. Mm -hmm. And I decided I wanted to do that, um, because it was something I was interested in. And I was confident that I had the skills to do it. And I don't know if I would have done that freshman year. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. So, and we just presented at Amazon Robotics earlier today. And it Damn, did, no did its way. little walk. Yeah. They did the walk? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Do you have a video of it? I do. It's, I will say right now that the <laughs> the walk isn't great. It do, it's more of a shuffle. <laughs> it doesn't make a ton of right. progress. Right. If it can get you from point A to point B, yeah. that's all that matters. But if anyone who's played that like walking game with, I think it's like QWSD where you control all the limbs. Yeah. Anyone yeah. who's played that game before knows how impossible <laughs> it is to walk. Um, do you want me to show the, you the video now? You, you, you can show me okay. later. That's, <laughs> okay. that's, that's, that's so cool though. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think socially, academically, I think the confidence has has made a big difference. This senior year is also really unique. And the more that I think about this, the more, uh, I guess, special I realize it is. But we are at like at this crucial inflection point where the decisions we make bear huge consequence for our future. And that can be like really, really difficult sort of wrapping our head around. Um, how have you dealt with that personally? And I guess in answering that question, um, what like ambitions or goals have you set for yourself for the future? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, I've kind of been forced to take it one step of a, at a time just because since I took that one semester off and I want to graduate on time, I've had pretty, well, very difficult course loads these past two semesters. And yeah. I've really had to put a lot of time and effort into thinking about school and not as much about thinking about the future. I mean, I've had some interviews, um, have another interview coming up soon. Hopefully it goes well. Um, but I've really been 
focusing on school right now and as soon as it ends i'll be able to put all my effort into thinking about the future um i know i want to my goal is to work in clean energy Mm -hmm. i think that's something that i can be passionate about and i know from personal experience i'm only able to motivate myself to do things that i care about the higher level goal um i can't in classes where i am not interested in the topic i am probably one of the laziest people i know Um, (laughs) but in classes where I, I think I'm learning something important and useful, I feel like I'm pretty hardworking and that's going to manifest. And I know going forward, hard work will manifest itself in success and money and happiness. So (laughs) I want to do something that I'm passionate about. So I'm able to work hard. Um, I think in terms of like a longer term goals, I don't have anything really specific. I was talking with my professor today, um, on the drive back from Amazon Robotics. And he does this this cool thing where he has all of these people who were either worked with him as PhD students or were in his classes as undergrads and are now somewhere cool and doing awesome things. Like he had a guy who come in and he, he always has them come to talk to the class. Um, he had a guy who worked, who was designing surgical robots. He had a guy from Boston Dynamics who was helping with the class. Um, this woman who was works at Amazon Robotics. Um, and I think my goal is to be one of those people who's doing something really cool that <laughs> he's going to call up and be like, hey, come talk to the class. Like, these kids <laughs> need some inspiration. Dude, um, I, have, I have no doubt that you'll find that place. I hope oh. so. Yeah. But is, is, I guess, is not thinking about the future in a day-to-day basis because you're, like, so busy um, because you have just so much stuff right in front of you. Yeah. Does that cause you a lot of anxiety or nervousness? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the uncertainty definitely takes a toll. Yeah. I think n- the fact that it's April and it's been a f- four months of not knowing where I'm going to work or really exactly where I'm going to live, I know it doesn't really matter. Like, I will be fine. I'll get a job. Um, I'll find a place to live. Uh, but... The uncertainty is definitely anxiety inducing and kind of comes out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. I, well, I'm sure the Aiden Beckett listening to this three years from now, from now will <laughs> yeah. listen back and start laughing. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I hope so. Take solace from that. <laughs> what about um, on a personal level when it maybe comes to your relationships or how you take care of yourself? Do you have any goals? Yeah, I know. I just, I know for a fact that it's going to take more effort to maintain the same amount of social connections after college versus compared to during college. I know it's going to take more effort because we're just not going to be in the same proximity. We're not going to be doing the same activities. Um, I think my goal is to put in that effort. Obviously, I'm probably not going to have as many friends after college as I do now. Yeah. Um, but I want to, I want to hang out with you guys. I want to, I know we're probably all going to be living in different houses which is going to be crazy. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, <laughs> I know. It's not going to feel right, but yeah. we have I we pretty much have to stay friends. If we're yeah. all in Boston, we have to stay friends. I know. So that would be gonna, so sad <laughs> if we were like, I would oh. have no faith in friendship <laughs> if we <laughs> if we fell out of touch. So, my goal is to put in effort. Um as far as like romantic relationships, Nina and I are going to be in the same city. I think I we don't we don't really think about the future that much. We yeah. kind of just let it happen. I feel like at 22 that's kind of what you have to do. I think it's the best way of doing yeah. it. I mean, I just on that point really quickly. I 
saw this TikTok that said something along the lines of like, if the person is right for you in the moment, they're right for you. And yeah. You don't need to. You're wasting your time worrying about whether they'll be right for you in the future. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like. That's a future me problem. Exactly. And quote unquote, fate will decide that. Um. So I think that is. That's all to say that I think that's. Yeah. The the right approach. Are you excited to? Uh, be with Nina in Boston. I mean, obviously you are, but I guess what about it excites you? I'm honestly just excited for life as an adult. Yeah. I think the freedom is going to be great. I think obviously we're going to be working hard, but having the clear distinction between when you're working and when you're not working is going to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to get home from work at 5.30 and have nothing to think about other than what do I want to do that's fun? Like, do I want to go on a date with Nina? Do I want to text you guys and we go to a bar or go to a park and kick a soccer ball around? Yeah. And there's no guilt that, oh, there should be homework. There's homework that I should be doing right now. I should be practicing piano. Like, I, <laughs> I think that I'm very excited about. I'm excited to to do work that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to travel. Yeah. I think I'm going to spend a month traveling after college and that, is a very cool prospect for me right now. Yeah, that'll be a really meaningful experience. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, no, lots to look forward to, and I think, I think we we both share this. Like, we're not as apocalyptic as some as other people are when it comes to like leaving college and graduating college, because yeah. as you pointed out, you lose some things and you gain some things. Yeah, and the things that you gain are really valuable. Um, in the same way, the things you lose can also be valuable too. But yeah, um, yeah, just the. I don't know, life is just reconfigured, I guess. Yeah. In a different way. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't asked many people this, um, but my hope is for underclassmen to also listen to this podcast because I think it'd be really informative. If you could give advice to your younger self, any piece of advice, what would it be? I think what I would want to tell myself is if there's ever a scenario where the only thing that's holding you back is effort, then you have to do it. You have to do it. I think there were a lot of times where I was, I didn't want to put myself out there because I didn't want to put in the social effort. Yeah. I didn't want to do work as hard on this project because I didn't want to put in the the school, eff- the mental effort. Yeah. Um, I think if, the, if there's something that you know, like deep down is the right thing to do and is something that you're excited about, and the only thing that's holding you back is your own insecurities, fears, um, <laughs> laziness sometimes on my part was was holding me back. I think you just have to do it. Yeah. You can't you can't rationalize, you can't make excuses. Um little little motivational pep talk from Aiden Beckett. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're so right though. Like I mean, even just thinking anecdotally, the most valuable moments in life almost always arise from some sort of risk yeah. that we've taken, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a stupid risk. I'm not, you know, <laughs> but like those can be fun too sometimes. <laughs> those can be fun too sometimes, but like really it's about like taking the social risk, right? Going yeah. To someone saying hi or yeah. deciding to go to this party, even though like, I don't know, you're tired. Yeah. You don't want to. Yeah. True. Okay. Aiden, uh, my last question for you, uh, and it has to do with music because, you know, we're we both, both love it. We, we both love it. Yeah. We're both music nerds. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you could choose one song that you would either associate with 
these past four years, or or maybe it could just be a song that defines this particular moment that you're in right now. You could choose two songs, you can choose one. But just a song that like means a lot to you and like something that like maybe twenty years from now, right, you'll listen to it and it'll be evocative of this particular moment. What would it be? I think the song I would have to choose is Danny Boy by Bill Evans. I think it really evokes a sense of calm in me that I've needed a lot throughout this year. I've I've listened to it a lot. There have been a lot of times where I've been kind of overcome with stress about this is going to be ridiculous to me looking back <laughs> three years from now, but club hockey caused me a lot of stress. Yeah. Obviously schoolwork caused me a lot of stress and obviously the whole job process has caused me a lot of stress. Um, I feel like that song is so grounding. It's such a familiar melody, such a familiar, simple melody that is just so beautifully worked around by Bill Evans and his harmonies are incredible. Um, and someday I, I'm going to have to transcribe that. I need to learn how to play that. It's it's such a good song. Um, and I, I've listened to that song to kind of ground myself yeah. and be like, deep breath, it's going to be fine. Let's enjoy senior year. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to associate that song with this time in my life. Beautiful. Aiden, thank you so much for... Uh being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. I love being introspective. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, man.